A lot of people have felt uncomfortable making sales. They want to just help the community right now. One person says something very simple. He's like, just sell to you like you would to your grandmother. You can't feel unethical or pushy if you're selling to your grandmother because you know you're only going to give her something she really needs that's really going to help her and is a good buy for her. I think the UK is offering something like 2,200 pounds per month as their stimulus. In the US, we only get one payment of 1,200 bucks. They said like in four months, six months down the road, it's worth shifting your targeting to European countries. People are going to have more cash to spend. We stand today. The Business Method with a shout The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that produce over a million dollars in annual revenue and now we're interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business and influence income results economies and cultures there's a growing number of people building these caliber of businesses like this and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this happen now let's jump in today's show the business method hey guys real quick a word from our sponsors NomadX.com is shaping the way remote workers live, work, and learn online at NomadX.com. Remote workers can find apartments, bedrooms, or co-living spaces to rent on a monthly basis, 50% more affordable than Airbnb. True story, you guys. Plus, that's not all. NomadX is a comprehensive educational platform providing easy-to-learn courses to start or to scale your successful location-independent online business. They have built an incredible community with more than 7,000 remote workers and online entrepreneurs, and they have over 21,000 followers on Instagram to show you how to position yourself as an authority and how to combine different social media channels to gain maximum visibility. During these remote working times, NomadX.com is the trusted community for location-independent entrepreneurs to live, work, and learn online. Check them out at NomadX.com. That's NomadX.com. And now, let's hop into today's podcast. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Me, Tamar, and myself have been sitting down with 60 entrepreneurs every week for the past three and a half weeks. And we put these these cool masterminds together because I saw pretty quickly when the corona crisis came through that entrepreneurs are, were going to need support groups. Um, I was a new entrepreneur in the 2008 recession and uh, pretty much I survived but lost the business and went through some really, really hard times. However, it was one of the best financial lessons of my life. Um, also emotional and mental lesson as well. So I threw the idea up to Itamar. He was down. And we've got some really good data by talking to all these entrepreneurs over the past three weeks. And we thought, well, well, why don't we put some uh, DCers together and share some information with them so it could help them as well. 
So Itamar and myself hopped on a podcast together. Um, we discussed actually doing a product, you know, that could help people through the crisis. And, and then we decided, no, we'll just do this mastermind thing and see how it goes. So yeah. And if you guys don't know me, my name's Chris Reynolds. I'm the founder of the business method and business method podcast. I also do get shit done live in Thailand every post DCBKK. And I, um, have been in the DC seven or so years now, pretty engaged with them and also a high performance coach. So Itamar, do you want to say good morning? Sure. Hi everyone. So good morning, good night, good evening wherever you're at right now. Um, so like Chris said, we just got together on this and we thought it was a great idea. Um, my background is in crisis management and performance under pressure. Basically, I spent over a decade in the Israeli Special Forces and counterterrorism um, say pods in the government that covert, covert work across the globe in counterterrorism. And this is kind of my ballpark. When something bad happens, how do you adjust, adapt to win? And now I also help people I coach on mindset and crisis management. And together with me and Chris just really want to get together and help the community. I've been a DCer for only two years, not the seven, eight, but love the community. And we just want to do something to really help. All right. Welcome me tomorrow. Glad to have you. So, um, you guys throughout this, we're going to touch on some of the opportunities that we've seen uh, open up for a lot of entrepreneurs and the challenges, of course, that they're having. I think it's helped out a lot of people sharing this information. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot them up in the chat and uh, then we can just kind of roll with it. But then we're going to open up like the last 20, 25 minutes or so, open it up to um, Q&A. So if you want to dive deeper into some of those questions that you might have. Anything else before we start, tomorrow? Yeah, cracking like again guys just to make sure like double down what chris said like this is not a lecture we're trying to have a conversation here to best help people so if you have any questions please write them down in the chat we are going to ask people not to shout out in the middle because then it's just going to get a little bit crazy so write it down in the chat and chris and i will see it and we'll address it either now because it's the best time or afterwards if it makes the most amount of sense okay so welcome newcomers we're gonna get started here really quick um the first thing that I really noticed and I think is essential, and I don't know if you guys have been in other meetups yet or not, but, and you, you probably know this as entrepreneurs, if you guys have not like calculated out a financial runway yet, um, that is absolutely essential. There's a lot of people that most entrepreneurs probably have around three to six months of runway, but we've seen so many people that are going to dry up in a month if they don't you know, shift. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I also did a podcast with John Logar and he hammered this idea in. It is really an exciting time to be an entrepreneur, but we need to actually come together to support one another um, and shift our marketing and shift our, our messaging. And uh, we've seen a lot of worked with a lot of people to help shift that, um, even the direction of their business if they need to, just to make sure they make it through these times. What I noticed in the 08 recession, what I really learned and from studying depressions and recessions in the past is that um, in times of, of of these, the businesses that make it through, the businesses that double down, the businesses that build their their network and their following during this time. In about like 12 to 18 months to 24 months afterwards really just trump the competition. They become the rock and the shoulder that other business, that their customers and clients lean on during the hard times. So it's essential to be a leader now and it's essential to come together as entrepreneurs and bounce ideas off one another so we can be leaders as well and so we can share ideas on, on our own personal challenges. So that was the first, those were the first two things that I noticed. So number one, 
calculate your financial runway if you have not yet. Number two, it's it's well past time to already change your messaging um, if you need to, if your business has declined. Okay, Itamar, you have some things you want to share? So what I've noticed to be the biggest hindrance and the reason some people thrive, the reason some people don't during crisis is who can adapt first. Like, as the saying goes, what doesn't adapt, that. And the entrepreneurs that we've seen that have said it to them in their heads, they've been connected to this idea. I've had this plan for Q2, for Q3. And even though the Corona crisis, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. They've had a really hard time. The people that have stepped back and said, you know what? The landscape on which I made that choice to go for these goals during Q2 has completely changed. So this isn't relevant anymore. And if you do something else, have the ones that have succeeded. So I think that's been the biggest thing for me, what I've seen. Like the people who try to fit a square peg into a round hole or whatever you said, it's not going to lead to success. It's just going to lead to pain. And I think like that's really has to be the premise of this situation. They realize things are changing. The environment has changed. So I have to take a step back and I'll just say, how am I going to make my Q2 goals happen? But what is the landscape and how can I win within this new landscape? And I think the second thing also to tackle on to what you said about the leadership like this is an amazing opportunity to step up. Like this is exciting times for people who really want to have some sort of legacy and want to be proud of themselves. Like this is to look at it as a challenge or as an opportunity. This is where people are going to need you. Either as a leader of your family, your business, your community, whatever it may be. And if you decide to take upon yourself that burden and enjoy it and relish it for the opportunity to grow and be proud of yourself, it could be an amazing thing. And I think that people who have viewed it like that have not just had a better time finding the right tactics, but have also just enjoyed it a little bit more and haven't been as stressed. And because they haven't been stressed, they've been able to make better decisions. I think those have really been the two, say, overarching principles that are the people who have done those two things have found more success than others. That's what I've seen for the masterminds. Yeah, and if, if you are stressed, like we'll talk about this later, but now's a really good time just to chill for at least a couple of days so you get clarity on what's next. Um, even if a, a week, if you need to, I, I, we've seen people do that. Some of the, um, things that come up, I think one of the first things we noticed tomorrow was the, the price of, um, advertising, uh, PPC costs, Facebook ads, uh, significantly dropped. And I'll let you speak on this. Itamar used to run, um, and still does part-time run a Facebook ads agency. And, um, so do you want to share some of the, your thoughts sure. on that? Sure. So. What's happened is because Facebook, it's just a marketplace that's, so they used to be vying for this marketplace with all school, local brick and mortar businesses, but a lot of those ones are out of the game right now. So all of a sudden it's opened up a floodgate where costs for ads have gone down anywhere to a fifth of what they were. Now it's an opportune time to build a list, but conversions are a bit down. So it's something to be aware of that the cost per clicks or per whatever are down, but the conversion rates aren't what they used to be. So if you're used to spending $2 and getting from every five clicks, one customer, that ratio is going to change a little bit, but it is so much cheaper right now to get new leads that it's an opportune time to create lists for your business. So that's something, a trend we've seen across Facebook, Google, and everywhere and anywhere. And the guys that are guys and gals that are set up for, uh, have PPC agencies, 
um, LinkedIn marketing agencies seem to be getting some good business right now. Uh, on that topic, we'll, we'll touch on some niches that are booming. Of course, I think yep. most of you guys can predict these as well. Uh, any basic needs, um, businesses that uh, can entertain children at home that sell products or services that can entertain children at home, um, any b businesses that food sell food, gym equipment, um, what are some other ones? This is actually coach business, coaching business, right? Yeah. E-learning, coaching business. Coaching business is going well. Uh, coaching business, uh, sorry, e-learning are going really well. Mm -hmm. And but what's interesting, the e-learning niche is that people aren't comfortable. They're, they're in a bit of a scarcity mindset right now because there's so much uncertainty. So people aren't wanting to commit to long-term things. They're more comfortable committing to a one-time payment. So. There, what we've seen and what people have shared, which is interesting, people are comfortable paying $500 for a course instead of paying $40 for a monthly subscription for a year. It's just the psychology of how things are working right now because there's so much uncertainty. People don't want to commit to something in the future that they can't see and they can't say. So people are more comfortable with one-time commitments. Yeah, absolutely. Do we have any other, do you have any other um, off the top of your head, Itamar? Any um, examples we can give from that? No, the only thing we've also noticed is that it's, it's a big opportunity to get like what we said about the lists. Uh -huh. So if you can offer a freemium kind of service and get people in there and just get them rolling, it's a great opportunity. And we've seen that in a couple of people who have, I don't know if they're comfortable as telling their statistics, but people who are, do have a free, a free option, a beginner course, uh, a smaller version of their app, whatever it may be to get people in the door because so many people are bored right now and they have the time to actually check things out. It's an opportunity. Another thing we noticed too, now's a really good time to build a community. Um, so if anybody has communities out there, networks out there, now is a really good time. Uh, people are open. People are flexible. People are open to new ideas. If you want to start a podcast or build a podcast, um, build some sort of following. Now is a good time whether you're doing you know, Facebook ads to build a list or bringing other people together within the community um, to be the leader, to shine as the leader. That has been something that people have really focused on as well. Again, the if you do have a long financial runway, something to consider is to uh, double down on your marketing to grow the list, to grow the list, to grow the list, to grow the list, to grow the list. So you have a really solid list post-crisis time. And, um, and then you can start selling to them again. What else do we want to touch on, Itamar? So... This is a bit over this period, but it's going to continue. People have been having a really hard time letting people go when they need to and getting lean and either letting people go or cutting certain aspects of their business. And what we talked a lot about is how to set triggers. So this is kind of my background. Whenever you have a contingency plan, uh, basically what do we do if this happens? One of the most vital things to have there is a clearly set trigger that, you know, this is the point where we need to activate this plan. Because what we found happening is that a couple of people in the masterminds that have big businesses, they were really struggling emotionally to let people go, which is extremely understandable. However, it's not good business when it's not logical, right? So what's really helped them is to create a very clearly defined trigger that if we hit this low in revenue, in clients, whatever it may be, then I must do this. What that does, it takes away the emotional burden of saying, but I really like this guy. Maybe we can figure something out. And it just takes away that decision-making power. Basically, when you're in an emotional state, we can't make good decisions. So that's been really big. A lot of guys have that's really, really helped them. 
And just whether it's in lines of their business or firing people, like hard decisions when it's really important. Yeah. Um, one other thing too is, is strategies to get in front of other, other business owners. Now we had one guy in the group, um, that, well, we've had a lot of people that, you know, they're, they have numerous clients and they, their clients just drop off. So they go from 15 to four or something like that. And they, uh, they're freaking out. They're stressed. They're like, Oh, is my service valid? Like, how are we going to get in front of people? And even when they're trying to reach out, we have another gentleman that coaches CEOs of major corporations. Even when he's tried to reach out, they just say, you know, it's not in a budget. I don't have time for you guys to speak, um, or time to speak to you right now. Like we're, there's no, there's no budget there. We're letting people go. So, um, what one individual said is that he's reaching out to, uh, current employees and asking for, excuse me, current clients and asking to interview them so he can figure out what exactly their strategy is, um, what their pain points are. And these are ones that he has a decent relationship with, um, and what exactly what moves they're making. So then he can curtail his messaging to fit, um, his perfect avatar, uh, for exactly what they're going through right now. And then what he does is then reach at, reaches out to new potential clients and asks to interview them and does the same process with them and then shares some of the pain points that he's learned from other people that he's quote unquote interviewed and, um, and then addresses their, their major pain points and, and basically pitches them to share, uh, to tell them how he can help their business during this time. And we thought that was a really good idea. Uh, because so many people that, that handle, you know, maybe you have four five, ten 10 clients or whatever, and, uh, it's such a bottleneck in the business you have when something like this happens and it takes out a massive amount of revenue, right? And injects a lot of fear into the business owner. A lot of people are realizing too, that their businesses don't give them the flexibility and freedom that they thought that they had. You know, just because they could work online and travel the world, they thought it had, you know, unlimited um, flexibility and freedom. And then all of a sudden it gets cut off and they're realizing, oh, I've got a problem here and this business isn't set up the way that I thought. So it's a good time to re-strategize um, the functioning and the, the model of their businesses. What else, my friend? So I think two things from there. First off, what we kind of touched upon is from those interviews, what's really relevant is the current messaging. And we talked a lot about this in the masterminds that anything, any copy that someone has on their website offering, whatever it may be, that isn't, that isn't evergreen and isn't relevant to the times feels completely out of touch. And everyone says they've had to upgrade their copy. They've had to make it relevant to the times. Because all these offers, whatever it may be that the moment that you don't address COVID, Corona, whatever it may be, people just feel like you're out of touch and you're a dinosaur. And that's been a real big thing. And the way people have said they've gotten a leg up and done it really quickly is instead of trying to make their copy again from scratch, they've gone to thought leaders in their fields and basically just modeled their copy pretty easy off their competitors' websites. And that's just allowed people to take things a little bit quickly and make it easier and find success. Um, another thing that we touched upon kind of similar is that a lot of people have felt uncomfortable making sales, going selling, whether it's them personally or their teams, their sales teams don't feel comfortable selling. They want to just help the community right now. And we had two interesting tidbits about this. One, one person says something very simple. He's like, just sell to you like you would to your grandmother. You can't feel unethical 
or pushy if you're selling to your grandmother because you know you're only going to give her something she really needs that's really going to help her and is a good buy for her. If you just think about it like that when you're propositioning people, would I sell to my grandmother like this? It takes away that guilt because again, you're only going to do something that's super, super ethical. And I thought that was great. The yeah. second thing with the guy who had an issue with his sales teams, they didn't want to sell because they felt like it was not a great time to do this in the community. We can't sell. We just need to help. But he was like, guys, if, if we don't sell, like that's your job. There's no business. We need to make money. And I think a big part of it, what we suggested was just, you got to put it in their face in a way. You got to tell them this is the reality. Like if we don't sell, then we can't pay salaries. And I understand that you want to help the community. So this is what we're going to do. 50% of the time, we're going to do outreach that helps the community. But then 50% of the time, we got to do sales. And this is kind of like a happy marriage that we can help the community, but you can also sell so we can keep the business afloat and we can keep helping the community by keeping the business afloat. And I thought that was very powerful. Yeah, and, and to add to that, I think it's um, salespeople want to sell uh, if you give them the right passion to sell. So again, reiterating the importance of um, changing the messaging right now to fit what is going to make the clients and the customers happy and also share and share your product and service, whatever it may be. Um, another thing is, uh, you know, labor is cheap right now. So unfortunately there's a lot of unemployed people all around the world that have lost their, their jobs going to more types of remote work and, uh, people, people are picking up, uh, very good professionals at a discounted price. And what was the, the example with the mothers, Itamar? Oh yeah. So just before the, I go to that, but what you were saying about the price, I think it's really important to say that you can either get people to help you right now on your team and acquiring the talent, or even if you just need something more basic to upgrade certain content that you had. One of the guys in the mastermind was talking about how we can just hire a graphic designer now on super cheap to upgrade everything on his website, his presentations and all that jazz. Um, as far as the social media moms, um, there was an interesting uh, marketing effort by one of the guys that there's a lot of people bored at home now. And so what he did is he hired a bunch of moms. He has a toy business and he hired a bunch of moms to go on Facebook groups and basically post about how great his business is. And he tracked it and he saw if it was profitable or not. But I thought it was just very creative marketing, just lateral thinking, not that I just have to do Facebook ads or Google ads or whatever it may be. But let me take these people that don't have anything to do right now, give them something positive to do that's good for them. They get some money, good for my business. And social proof is such a powerful mechanism. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't trust the word of moms? Those are the most trustworthy people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, but it's also the same thing for the fitness. When we have one person who has a fitness app, just to get fitness coaches right now who are out of work, is finding for her niche. Getting people in that niche to go and offer her app as something to their former clientele and just get a commission off it. Do you have any other points you want to make sure we touch on before we open up? Yes. Today? So one, so one thing that was very interesting is... Um, one of the guys in the masterminds is a finance expert. He used to be a banker, Rob. And he said something very interesting about the markets. He was like, clients in the U.S., depending on your niche, obviously, and all that, will dwindle because the economy is really going to tank. And just how the, the basically, I want to say, the, how the government structures unemployment and all that is very different than Europe. He was like, in Europe, the governments will take care of people in a lot better way financially. So... There's going to be more money in Europe. They said like in four months, six months down the road, 
it's worth shifting your targeting to European countries because they're just going to have more money. People are going to have more cash to spend. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and I think the UK is offering something like twenty two hundred pounds per month for yeah for as their stimulus. In the US, we only get one payment of twelve hundred bucks or something like that. That yeah. so they'll still there'll still be some money flowing out there. Um, one thing I think I, I definitely want to touch on is avoiding burnout. So many of us are are locked in in our homes and. Um, even though we are, many of us are location independent entrepreneurs that do work from home, um, or our apartment, wherever we're at, um, not having the social connections is, is extremely difficult. And I'm sure a lot of you have uh, gone down this, this avenue already with finding how to engage with people. Um, one of the things that worked for one of the girls in the mastermind is she was just, she couldn't, she lost the passion for her business. She had a copywriting business has, and she just couldn't get any, she had like writer's block. She couldn't get anything out. And what worked for her was just simply somebody in the, the group mentioned, um, moving your desk, moving your workspace to a different place in the house or the apartment. And uh, for whatever reason, it got her out of her funk. I can tell you from someone that's worked from my apartment or my house for years now, um, every few days I have to s switch my desk up or my location, even like the area that I sit in my desk. Sometimes it's on one side of the table. Sometimes it's on the other side of the table. Sometimes it's upstairs. Sometimes it's downstairs. Last Tuesday, what I did is took my, took one of our desks and put it like right out in the driveway in the garage so I could get fresh air and work all day out in the driveway in the garage. And so that helps just to kind of ease the the stir craziness that we're going through and, and the burnout that comes up for a lot of us. Of course, it goes without saying, you know, keep your exercise throughout the week. Um, and I talk if, if you guys have more questions about this, but the importance of balancing our neurochemicals and our biology during this time is absolutely essential because anxiety is up because we're stressed because of our businesses and um, that overlaps into our other areas of life plus we're stuck at home and um, and so if you get if you're aware of your 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 dopamine oxytocin serotonin and endorphins you're getting on a regular uh, daily basis. These are your happy neurochemicals that really helps us balance our lives out no matter what situation that we're in. And, um, Allie says she follows a sunbeam around the living. Yeah, that's genius. I go outside and at lunch, get some sunshine. Um, uh, following the sunbeam is, is very smart, Allie. Um, what else, Itamar? Anything else you want to add on that? Yeah, I think one of the big things, we have various tiers in these masterminds. We have some people that are just lower six figure to multiple seven figure businesses. And I think what we've always seen is the common theme in the higher tiers, there's just no ego. It's such a beautiful thing. There's very clear, like, this is a problem I have. It doesn't mean anything about me. This is a problem my business has. What do you guys think I should do about it? There's just complete transparency because there's no ego. And it's such a beautiful thing to see just how much they help each other because all that stuff is out of the way. When the lower tier groups, there are some people who have ego about them and feel to say that if my business is not doing well and I ask for help, that means I'm not okay. And not being able to separate those two. I think that's been a very, very prominent thing in the mastermind, right, Chris? Without a doubt. And the one ahead. more thing I'll say before we pop into Q&A, this is the truth. It's like these we can be victims here without adopting a victim mentality. Those are two very different things. Like your business might get thrashed, but it does not mean that you can take on a victim mentality if you want to succeed and if you want to win. 
That's the basis of managing crises and tough situations. I think the entrepreneurs that, again, we've seen say, okay, my business just got thrashed. This thing doesn't work, but I'm going to be fine and I'm going to make it happen without adopting a victim mentality, even though their businesses fell victim to the economy, have succeeded. And I think that's such an important thing to cue in on and focus. It's like, regardless of what happens, you can figure it out. Yeah. And something Itamar mentioned in one of the masterminds too is, is, you know, we were talking about daily routines. Now's not the time to pull back on your daily routine is what he was saying. Um, It's now's the time to double down on your daily routine, to keep that balance, to do the meditations, to do the reading, to uh, spend time with the family. If you're locked up with the family to still eat the healthy food. And because it's so easy to just, uh, you know, pop open Netflix and open up a box of chocolate and just dive down those those rabbit holes and then get sucked into Netflix five hours later or YouTube or social media. Oh, something that's very essential. So many people have associated um, right now their anxiety levels with the amount of time they're reading the news and spending on social media. So we've had multiple individuals that we have told, you know, flat out, how's your anxiety levels? Very high. Flat out, you guys, how much time are you spending on the news, uh, reading the news? Okay, it's pretty high. So cut that back or eliminate that. You can get your news from a friend or, you know, you're, when you call home and call your mom. Because um, uh, it's just increasing anxiety levels, stress levels, comparison levels. When we see people on uh, social media that are doing something that, you know, looks really cool and you can't do it because you're locked up and they have a big farm they can do it on or they have a nice garage with a gym in it or something like that. So anything else see tomorrow? We'll open up Q&A. No, like you said, guys, like we talked about what Chris said, we talked about in the context of a training camp before athletes go to the Olympics or whatever it may be, they go into a training camp because they know they're going to put their minds and bodies under so much stress they have to counterbalance that by eating really well, sleeping well, resting well, and all that great stuff. Like this is a time during this quarantine, this lockdown, and especially with the economy, that you're going to be in heightened stress. So you have to focus on a way to counterbalance that. So you have to go above and beyond your normal routine in order to counterbalance that. So the normal stress you're under was here. You had to go here to meet it in the middle. Now it's here. So you have to find a way to do it again. Again, like what Chris said, eat right, get your daily dose, as he says, just be healthier, be better, so you can, again, the space to balance it out and survive and thrive. All right. Any questions, guys? Um, actually, I have questions? a question. And, and thanks a lot to both of you for that. It's really interesting. I was wondering if uh, any of the people that you've spoken to uh, have had experience with dealing with people whose business has gone into a shutdown. So, for example, if you need to reach out to someone or maybe try and win business from someone uh, working in a company where everything's been put on hold. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does, yeah. So the guys that have had that happen to them have basically had to realize like this isn't valid anymore. Like we've had they've had to go to a different niche. So we had a couple guys that were working in certain niches that are just kind of dead. They're like, okay, time to switch a niche for now. All right. But again, it also depended on the runway. So it mm-hmm. really depends if somebody said like, okay, I have a month of runway, like, dude, you have to switch your niche now. Mm-hmm. If somebody said, I have two years of runway, maybe you can actually do some outreach and gain a lot of rapport with them. They're like, oh, right. we really trust this guy because he helped us out during downtimes. So it depends, right? How much is your runtime if you need to switch niche or if you can actually gain more trust and build your list, so to speak, in that manner. Got it. Yeah, my fault. Definitely. We got a question from Maurizio. How to keep your team engaged if you have less work for them? We are working with contractors. It's a good question, Maurizio. 
I can. I have some thoughts on the, what, what I'm doing that because I have the same. I have um, a team. I have a couple of employees, but I also have a team of freelance writers. But we work. Everybody works together as a team. So at the moment, I'm not using the writers, but we have. Um, it's just a WhatsApp group that we use, like our um, water cooler. So I just make sure that that group is still active. That there's conversation going on there. But just check, kind of, I'm checking in every so often, just saying, "Hey, how are people going?" And yeah, you know, it's a really informal thing. So every so often, somebody will just like. Um, I think the other day, somebody. Uh, she painted her toenails funny colors and she just like sent a photo of her toenails in the sun and you know, just stupid stuff like that but it just keeps that level of kind of engagement and then I'll every so often I'll I'll just sort of post in there I also have a team newsletter that I send out monthly so that goes to everybody all of the contractors and everything as well regardless of who's working everybody who's officially on the team so they get that every month it's a bit more of an official okay guys this is what we're doing so business-wise kind of an update what clients are still using us what we're doing to get new clients just basically reassuring them that the stuff happening still it's a good suggestion Marita thanks a lot Tali that was super useful Itamar you have a lot of experience with teams do you have any thoughts yeah, so there's, let's put it this way, the harsh reality is also, again, it depends on what your business situation is. Right? If your situation is that it's really hurting right now, you got to tell them, like, listen, guys, we're getting less work, so we're going to give you less work. It's our way of keeping you on in somehow, in some manner, instead of just having to, like, basically shut down the business and you aren't employed two months down the road. So that's the harsh reality if your business is in that sense. If it's not, what are other factors you can use into attack? It's like, I love this saying, it's like, default aggressive. You can aggressively do something with them for the long run. If you do have a long runway, how do you now use them to position yourself in a stronger situation down the road when things reopen? Does that make sense? Okay. Totally, I was taking notes. Okay. So any other questions on that, Mauricio? Are you good? Good. Okay. Uh, next up is Shayna. Shayna says, any particular COVID-sensitive ad messaging that you're noticing, especially uh, that's getting leads right now? Have we noticed any anything in particular? I'm thinking consultations. It's like, hey, we want to help you. How can we help you? Like people during times of crisis and of panic, people want to be heard. They feel like unless you're really hearing them, whatever you will offer is irrelevant. And offering, I don't know your business niche, but what we've seen really work well is when people say, hey, like, we're happy to hop on a chat. And it's not just like cold targeting, but retargeting and all that kind of stuff, people that are a bit of a warmer audience. Like we're offering consultations out of businesses. Shane, Shane, it is online education. Online education. Language, language. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Shana. And it's your picture. Um, no, not for that niche that I can think of. Can you think of something? Uh, well, my only thoughts are, and Shane, I'm sure you know this already, but, um, you know, learn a language from home. I've heard a lot of people that are doing well, like Ray Blakeney's doing his, his language business is just skyrocketing. Um, and you've probably, I'm, I don't know, I'm guessing Shana, you've probably already done this, but reach out to some of them and see what's working for them. But, um, nothing in particular that has been particular that we've come across. that's doing just absolutely amazing for a sensitive ad. Just before we go into the next one, that's a topic in and of itself. We've seen so many entrepreneurs in these masterminds reach out to each other and ask for help that it's been amazing how much help people have gotten. I think that's been such, such a big thing. People now have more free time than usual. Entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs as well, because they're not going out with their families to dinner. They're not hanging out with friends, whatever it may be. And people are just more receptive right now to being reached out to ask, hey, can I ask your advice for 20 minutes? 
And I think it's a great opportunity to jump on that and actually get people's advice and not, and not have an ego, but just say, I need help. Who can help me? Awesome. Shana, oh, let us uh, hi guys. Andres yeah, from, I'm living in Brazil. Shana, I'm thinking about uh, <laughs> just an idea. Uh, maybe you can uh, do a PDF or a short video course on uh, coronavirus related words for your audience, how to communicate. I don't know uh, what your clients use your course for, but maybe they want to talk with other people about uh, the situation. So what are the most important words uh, to know in English about uh, the current situation? And uh, maybe this can work for other people too. All right, excellent. Hey guys, if you do have a question that's kind of relative around your business, put your, um, your business link up there too so the people in the group can have answers that are relevant to you. Okay, Nabil's next. Are you doubling down on your core business or are you testing new business ideas or both? If both, how do you avoid burnout? Good question. Um, so we've seen a lot of people do both, actually. Some people are still trying to hold on to, as Itamar said earlier, past goals, Q1 goals, and continue those along with creating um, new products and new services. And uh, some people are trying to test ideas. I think from what I've seen in Itamar, you can, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but from what I think we've seen is people that are those that are shifting quickly and uh, getting their messaging spot on. I think that's most important to then move and focus and have a new kind of vitality behind their business and their messaging and, and what they're creating that essentially just avoids burnout. Itamar, your thoughts? So I'll put it this way. Like, what's the point of a core business idea? It's that you saw this landscape, a marketplace, and you're like, this is a way that we can really give something of value to them in exchange for cash. And I think that people who have recognized, again, say, this is a new landscape. Forget about what was, what I'm emotionally attached to. How can I pivot this to make a new offering of some sort? Like Ali said, even if it's the same core offering, but just to a different crowd and have pivoted quickly, those are the ones that have succeeded. Um, I think the way to also avoid burnout is, again, to not have that emotional detachment to what was. The more people are emotionally connected to what was, the more they're suffering from burnout because it's causing them stress. The more people are seeing this as kind of a sandbox, things are different, let's adapt, let's figure it out. The less stressed they are and the less they get burnt out because it's a more, it's a less stressful process to be, to keep it simple. And what, what you want, don't want to do is run, sprint in the wrong direction. Right. You want to take some time to step back and get really good clarity. Make sure your messaging is spot on. So you know that when it when you begin to sprint, you know you're sprinting in the right direction. And so many people have done that and it's caused a bit of turmoil within I think their 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 mental game and the, the amount of time they're spending on each parts of their businesses and it again adds to anxiety and stress so you know a restless mind just creates more restless thoughts and more restless actions and more restless ideas so when we calm our minds that's why it's so essential to meditate right now and just take time to exercise and take time off when we calm our minds we're going to get much more clarity we're going to have clear decisions clear actions clear thoughts so um yeah that's that's my recommendation Nabil, you said something else. You're, uh, oh, Ali said to you, Nabil, she's doubling down on core business, um, but marketing to a new audience, which we've seen a lot of people do as well. 
So if you have anything else, Nabil, just go ahead and pop it down in the chat there. And Nabil, I'll also say this, like you're doing, I feel like you're doing the right thing. You're on the forum a lot. I see you asking questions saying this, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? The only thing I wonder if you could even double down on it and manually reach out to people. If you have somebody that you really respect, you appreciate their opinion, just reach out to them during yeah. these times. Especially people that have similar business models and niches as you, for sure. Yeah. Igor has a question. What are the useful psych, psych, psychology negative emotion processing techniques to maintain calmness and resilience while having to lead and make fast decisions in a very and very uncertain environments. We're going to start with that tomorrow. So I can tell a story about this, about how to make good decisions that will benefit you. Um, so in the military, I was in a special forces and during one part of the training, you have to eventually do a long March to get your beret. It's a big status thing. And the long march is 120 kilometers. So it's about, what is that, 80 miles, something like that. And you have marches that lead up to that. It's a gradual build. You don't just go from marching 10 kilometers to 120. And in our unit, when we did our 90K march, one of the guys at around the 80K march, 80K mark, sorry, he twisted his ankle pretty bad. And we thought he should stop. He himself was like, dude, I'm, I'm injured. I need to stop. And the officer was like, nope. You're going to finish this. It's like, if guys need to help you, you're going to finish this. They're like, it's a training exercise. It doesn't matter. He's injured. This is going to be bad. What's the point? He was like, nope, I'm giving an order. That's what we're doing. And he ended up finishing the march. And after about a couple of days, his leg was healed up. It was still a little swollen, but it was fine. And we had a conversation, the whole team with the officer. When he asked him very, very clearly, he's like, Jojo, are you happy that you finished that march now in hindsight? And he said, yes. I am. He's like, that's what I was doing there, guys. Like, the whole point of this is that I'm trying to instill in you an ability to make decisions in hindsight. So do not think about how you feel about things right now, whether it's stressful, it's hard, but will you be proud of this decision in hindsight? And I think it's a great filter to make decisions. That when you're in a stressful situation where you have negative emotions, don't think about how do I feel right now, what do I do right now, but think what decision will I be proud and happy to have made when I look back at this situation? in a year from now, five years from now. When you look at your decisions through that filter, it becomes easier to make more effective decisions that aren't based on those negative emotions and so on. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Thank you, Itamar, for sharing the story. I, I can talk a little bit about on this, uh, a little bit about this, Igor. Um, when, when we do have the anxiety and the stress come up, you know, and we're trying to plow through those decisions and get to the next stage, um, what, what's happening with us is we're releasing adrenaline and cortisol in our bodies because we're in a state of fear, right? So <clears throat> the importance, anybody that's been to one of my DCBKK talks or any of the talks, I, I quite often talk about the importance of getting your, your happy neurochemicals, your daily dose. So I'll, I'll share a story real quick. Like last Saturday, um, it's been raining a lot. I'm in Austin, Texas, so we have limited days when we have sunshine. Um, sun sunshine's directly related to the amount of vitamin D and serotonin that we have in our, in our bodies, right? So Saturday, I had uh, a couple drinks before bed because it was Saturday. I don't drink that much, but I thought, oh, what the heck? And we had like a virtual birthday party here. And, um, and I went to bed and I woke up Sunday morning and I was cranky. I was feeling really lonely um, and I had a little bit of, you know, I, a little depressed. And I thought to myself, like, is, 
you know, what's happening right now? Am I really lonely and depressed or am I just lacking maybe some serotonin and, and dopamine in my, in my body? And so just the idea of knowing that I could be lacking that because it was, it's been raining, you know, the past three or four days, um, made me realize it actually gave me hope and like boosted, boosted my, you know, excitement. And I thought to myself, well, this just could be a thought in my head because my body's feeling like this and it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. So those neurochemicals that, that are essential, that keep us happy, keep us fulfilled, give us this overall sense of being or dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And we can get more into that. Like I do, actually we did a Facebook live recently and I can send that to you on Facebook that gets into the details of how to manage your dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. Now a dopamine on the backside of that, if you get too much of it from the wrong sources, you can flood your brain with what they call a dopamine drump, dump instead of a dopamine drip. And that actually causes burnout as well because you're getting overstimulated. That's why we get the anxiety from social media and our phones and our devices. But what we want is a regular dopamine drip that comes from not using our devices so much. And we get that naturally from, from, you know, deleting the news, not checking the news, not checking social media as much. If anybody hasn't done this yet, you're feeling anxiety. I think one of the most important things we can do right now is just turn your phone off. Turn your phone off. I keep my phone off for 12 hours a day. Um, so I turn it off about an hour before bed and make sure I have like a decompression process so I know that I'm getting good sleep. And then that phone doesn't come on until lunchtime. In the lunchtime, then like I'll call my, my parents or, or check in with some messages. And um, that really helps regulate it. And I don't miss it one bit at all. So that's going to regulate like those that dopamine influx and the anxiety that comes up as well. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Be aware. Like, yeah, also just, like, just be aware of it. That you know that you're in a state right now that's a bit negative or whatever. That awareness in of itself will help you. They go, okay, it's not that everything, the the world is going to hell. It's just that I feel bad right now. And it's like, I know I'm probably in my own head. Let me take a step back. Does that answer your question, Igor? Yeah, thank you. Very useful indeed. Uh, Especially your notice about uh, uh, chemicals in our body. So I realized on myself, that's exactly like if, if, if this is not set up right, you can read something about something useful but it just will not do. It's all about our... So, yeah, the interesting is to actually apply some uh, techniques like exercise. It can raise your dopamine levels, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. If you're up, dopamine. Yeah, if you're on some good conversation with some friends, uh, that's maybe uh, oxytocin. Correct. Something. Yeah, that's the trust um, chemical, the bonding chemical. Um, yeah. If you have somebody in your house, you can hug on a regular basis. Like it's important that we get physical touch as humans. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So hugs, cuddles, all of that stuff's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for answers. Any other questions, guys? Any other interesting things that you guys have noticed during this trend that you think would be valuable to share with others? Yeah. Are there opportunities opening up? I think I was talking to somebody earlier and we both felt that just just generally when all this started, there was this kind of initial panic and fear and everything psychologically and in many ways, the whole world just kind of shut down. Now that it's been going on for a few months, a few weeks, and you know, people are starting to understand that lockdown isn't the end of the world. Lockdowns are starting to be lifted a little bit in some places. 
Um, you know, in the UK, we've just been extended for another three weeks, but I personally think that at the end of this three weeks, they will lift it a bit. You know, it's not going to suddenly go back to how it was. But people are starting to understand that this is, we're in this for the long haul. You know, this isn't going to suddenly be fixed in a week or two and then be back to normal. And I think generally we're both getting the sense that because of this, people are kind of adjusting now and starting to go, okay, you know, this is how it's going to be. How do we continue in this new world? So we, I feel like we've come past this initial panic and shutdown and we're now settling into, okay, what, what is life going to look like now for the next six months to 18 months, maybe a couple of years. Um, and it's quite interesting actually seeing, you know, work-wise, um, initially, my clients basically just all disappeared. I was getting out of offices. I was getting no responses on anything. It was just absolutely like, and now we've still got no work, but people are sort of starting to say, yes, I can see there will be a time when we'll come back to that stuff. So it's sort of just starting, I think, to, to come back a little bit. I think six states are starting to loosen up some regulations in the U.S., but um, then there's probably uh, a dozen or more states that kind of extended it through the end of May. So it was interesting to see some states are trying to be more flexible and others are not. Mm. I think people are starting to figure out, I mean, you know, we, I think as soon as it started, pretty much a lot of people in DC were like, okay, what do I need to change in my business? But I think now in the wider population, people are starting to go, okay, how do I need to live my life a little bit differently for the long term? Yeah. I think it's a really good time too, to, to optimize your lifestyle even more than we've already had. You know, what are the small things that you can provide in your house or your apartment that give you an immense amount of satisfaction? Um, you know, what are those things that you need to make your living environment, not just optimized, but a place of like Zen that you can come home to and just really be happy with it. One of the things that I've, I've done is I have an, an Alexa, uh, echo in my, in three rooms in the house. So we can walk out to the gym, turn on music. We can have background music in the living room and then in my bedroom. And that's just one little thing. It costs a hundred, you know, a hundred bucks and, uh, is just provided just a lot of, uh, just, I guess you can say tranquility, but also, you know, just good background music to kind of keep, keep the, the energy moving and keep the passion going and whatever, whatever I'm engaged in. And then like, I've also like, we have a, a room where we work. I've created, I've never had a standing desk before. So I created a standing desk and also a squatting desk. So like I got the things, um, so I've got a sitting desk, standing desk and squatting desk all in the house here. And it's great to have because, you know, I can change my seat from time to time, my body positioning. Um, I also travel with a yoga ball. So I always sit on a yoga ball. I'm not right now. I got this nice chair, but, um, usually I sit on a yoga ball when I'm working and, uh, all those little things, like what, what are those little things you can add to your, 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 your living arrangements that add a lot of value and you spend a, maybe a hundred bucks or something and, and you get things that just like give you a lot of satisfaction and almost guarantee all of us have a thing in the back of our mind thinking like, Oh, one day I'll get that, that, that thing for my house and then life will be like really good. Right. And now's a great time to do that, to optimize our living arrangements for sure. Uh, the Beal got a new Mary Fair chair. I don't know what that is, but it sounds nice. And uh, Igor says, any recommendations on a yoga ball for travel? 
Um, I just have a yoga ball that I, a regular yeah. one that's a good solid one. Um, is is just... it portable enough? Is it not like very large? No, you can you can pump those suckers up pretty big. You can pump up this big. Yeah. Then they come down to your suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool to know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's like it's great just think about it this way. Like you had these various areas in life, these various sources of happiness. Right? Whether it was going outside, going with friends, listening to music when you go to a cafe, whatever it may be. So just finding a way to replace that. It's not gonna be as good, but finding a way to get kind of some kind of replacement for that in your life. So like Chris said, whether it's with exercise material, whether it's just music, whatever it may be, but just a way to kind of fill in that gap. Absolutely. Okay, guys. Any other questions or opportunities that you've seen in your businesses, challenges you're having in your business? Like we can speak to you directly, what you guys are going through if you want to open up. No? All right. Okay. We're nearing the top of the hour. I think we'll close it at that. And so guys, like the only, only thing I can say at the end of this is like what we've seen in these masterminds is that the people who've had the least ego and the people who've also been willing to dare have won. Like during this time of instability, people relish some sort of fake stability and it's because of fear. And the people who look at it from a more logical perspective, not an emotional one, have dared to say, okay, this is a good opportunity. I'm going to go for it and have asked for help on how to get there. I've seen a lot of success. If you can adopt that mantra, who dares wins. Yeah. I really think people could find success as well. You guys, we're going to do this every Wednesday, same time, same link um, for the next four weeks, as long as people keep showing up, just so we can talk about the changing environment every week. Um, what challenges you guys have directly, feel free to shoot us an email or actually post in the thread too as well. Um, send us a PM on the DC forum if you'd like. And uh, yeah, that's it. Who dares wins. Stay strong, stay focused. See you guys next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.